Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm so honored uh, to be here and uh, to share the word of God with you. Um, uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Um, let me say something that I shared um, earlier in that Mark service. Uh, when the Israelites were going to Canaan, uh, there was a man named Hobab. He was uh, the brother-in-law of Moses. Um, and all of a sudden, in the middle of uh, the wilderness, um, Hobab said to Moses that he was going to go back to his home. And he told them that uh, he will not um, go to the land of honey and milk with the Israelites. But one thing that Moses said to uh, Hobab that really uh, touched me is, he said, you are our eyes. We cannot see in the middle of the wilderness, in the middle of uh, the desert, without you being with us. And when I see Abba, um, I see the same spirit. He's an eye for us. Uh, we are able to see today. We're able to minister, stand here and share the word of God because of his prayer, because of his ministry, because of the price he has paid for us. So, um, so I really want to say uh, I'm so grateful uh, to know you and uh, to be part of uh, Beza family as well. Uh, praise God. Hallelujah. And God will speak to us today. God will encourage us. Um, I, was, I was saying it in the Amharic service too. Today is uh, an Eastern Sunday back in America. And um, the Bible says that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, if that same spirit lives in you, he will give you life. Amen? So that same spirit is with us today. It's with us today is to give us a new life, to restore our life, to restore our prayer life. Right? To restore our relationship with God, to give us a resurrection. So it's not just Jesus who rose from dead, but also us. Amen? So that same spirit will teach us and will give us resurrection. Today, what I want to discuss with you, um, share with you is uh, the prayer lives of Jesus. And I also want to compare it with the prayer lives of the disciples. Um, as you know, Jesus practiced prayer while he was on earth ministering uh, people. Because he's God himself, he didn't think he didn't need prayer. He needed prayer above anything else. By the time he went out and uh, ministers, by the time he go out and cast out demons, you all know that he was very successful. And behind his success, one thing lies. That is prayer. And the reason that I want to share this with you today is I, I, God wants the church to go back to the prayer practice. God wants his people, his children, to go back to their prayer life, to engage in an intimate relationship with God himself. And instead of just coming to church, and instead of just practicing Christianity without prayer, without reading the Bible, without having a, a personal worship, God wants to change that. God wants to transform that and wants his people to engage in prayer, to engage in studying the word of God and to engage in worship. And that comes from before ministry, that comes before going out. Because once we're equipped with prayer, once we're equipped with the spirit of God, when we go out there, when we share the gospel, people will come to the house of the Lord. When we go out there, when we pray for six people, 
they're going to be healed. So God wants us to restart, refresh our prayer life. Uh, and I know that uh, here at Beza, we've also started, uh, uh, I think, is it Adam, where are you? The prayer program. And really this, I believe this is a really a timely message for you because unless we go back to our prayer life, unless we start praying, unless we seek the face of the Lord, nothing will be possible in our Christianity. Nothing will be possible in our Christ. All the closed doors will remain closed until we start praying. But once we start praying, all the closed doors will change. Our land, Ethiopia, is in trouble. We know it. Our continent is in trouble. Once we start praying, this country will be healed. So God wants to steer that prayer life in us. Um, um, and he will do it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to start with Mark 1. Um, as you all know, uh, Mark uh, doesn't have the birth narrative. It goes straight to the ministry of Jesus Christ. So uh, Mark 1.35, I want to start with Mark 1.35. Uh, so very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Amen? So um, in this story, if, we, if you start from um, earlier verses, Jesus came to uh, Capernaum, uh, a village in Nazareth, and he, was, he went to the synagogue, he started teaching, and he taught with so much power that people start getting healed. And right after teaching at synagogue, he went back to the house of Simon and Andrew. While he was at um, the house of Simon and Andrew, one thing happened. That, that thing that happened was uh, Simon's mother-in-law was sick. He prayed for her and she got healed. All of a sudden, when the city, the, when the whole city start listening the miracle that Jesus has done, the whole city start gathering at the house of Simon. And the house turned into church. It became a revival center. And Jesus was praying. All the sick people were getting healed. Uh, all uh, demon-possessed people were uh, being free from their uh, bondage. Just the whole city turned into a revival center. When they saw that, Simon and Andrew start making an announcement. Now that their house has turned it into church, they start making an announcement. Come back tomorrow. And tomorrow, though, this revival will continue. They, they make the announcement, but Telegram, on Facebook, on TV, they, they, uh, they, they created a banner and just made an announcement. They said, the program will start 7 a.m. in the morning. You better come at 5 a.m. in the morning so that you find a, a spot to sit or to see Jesus. So they made that announcement. And what happened? Simon and Andrew went to bed while Jesus went to the mountain to pray. He went to a solitary place. Where, where there was no one, and he started praying. And he spent the whole night praying. He spent the whole night seeking his father's face. By the time morning came, by the time it was 5 a.m., and the people were gathering to continue that revival conference that just happened a day earlier, when everyone was gathered, one person was missing. You know who was missing? Jesus himself. They got worried. Where did he go? We made this kind of announcement. 
we paid so much money to, to create this poster. And, and yet, Jesus was not there. Finally, they found him. When they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. We made an announcement. We created a stage. We, we, we organized all this, and yet you are missing. But for Jesus, the most important thing was not his ministry, but his prayer, his prayer life, his relationship with God. He had to spend time with God so that he can be um, uh, empowered to minister, empowered to cast out demons. But for his disciples, what they're excited about was not prayer. They didn't have a prayer life while Jesus was around. They were excited about the ministry. They were excited about going out and praying for sick people. But they didn't have the fuel. They didn't have the power because they did not engage in prayer in their prior, uh, private life. All they wanted was to cast out demons. But Jesus knew unless he prays, unless he spends time with his father, when morning comes and when he prays, he knew that he was not going to be successful. So he prioritized prayer over his ministry. He prioritized prayer over his ministry. Let me ask you, what is your priority? What are you placing above your ministry, above your prayer life? Is, is ministry above your, your prayer life today? Is going out and uh, uh, preaching above your prayer life? Are you engaged with, with your father through prayer, through reading the word of God? Do you have a personal devotion time? Or are you just going out there and uh, uh, praying for the sick and, uh, you know, trying to be a revivalist? The disciples were like that. But Jesus was not like that. Jesus prioritized prayer. One thing that God wants us to do is to prioritize prayer. The whole town in Capernaum was around uh, uh, Simon's and Andrew's home. The whole town was... Town was gathered there, and yet Jesus didn't care whether the, the whole people were there or not. He went out. He was praying to his father. Today, whether the whole town is here or not, unless we pray, we cannot heal the whole town. You know, the whole, the whole Ethiopia can gather, but unless you have a prayer life, unless you have a right relationship with your father, you really cannot win over souls. You really cannot win over demons. To show you this, let's look at um, um, let's look at Mark nine, uh, Mark nine seventeen. So, I'll, I'll start reading from verse seventeen. It says, "A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever he sees him." It throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out their spirits. But what? They could not. Why? Because they didn't have a prayer life. Let's go to um, verse 28. It says, after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? You know what he said? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. See, they placed casting out demons above prayer. They didn't have a prayer life. So that when they go out and pray for this uh, uh, deaf person, you know what happened? They struggled the whole day, and yet nothing happened.
But Jesus, who spends the whole night, the whole day praying, when he shows up, when he, when he got in touch with the sick person, you know what happened? He healed him. Do you want to heal your lunch? Do you want to heal your family? Do you want to heal the church? Go back to your prayer life. Close your door and start praying. Because Jesus was praying. Because Jesus was engaged with his father. By the time trouble comes in front of him, it was just simple. It was just easy for him. He overcame everything. Let me show you another story. Um, how they placed casting out demons and um, ministry above everything. Let's look at Luke 10, 17. It says, the, the, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even demons submit to us in your, in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all powers of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Watch out this. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So for the disciples, their priority was casting out demons to the point that they placed it above even their salvation. Not just their prayer life, but it was even above their salvation. The only thing they're excited about was just going out and uh, casting out demons. But for, for Jesus, the most important thing was his relationship with his father. Unless your relationship with your father is right, it's impossible to have a successful ministry. But Jesus' relationship with his father through prayer was so strong that nothing he dared him when, when he ministers out there. Let me share another story also how, how the prayer lives of Jesus and the prayer lives of uh, his disciple uh, were different. Let's look at Mark 6.45. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up to the mountain to do what? Pray. He dismissed them to go to the other side of the lake. He was not concerned about being late to the other side of the lake. What he was concerned about was what? Going out and praying. The disciples were concerned about making it to what? Bethesda, to the other side. They probably thought they're going to uh, arrange another revival conference at the other side of uh, the, the lake and surprise Jesus when he comes. So Jesus decided to stay behind. They took the last, it's kind of like they, look, they took the last boat out of, um, um, off to uh, Bethesda. And they probably thought, you know what? Jesus probably won't make it until tomorrow. So until tomorrow, we're going to go there. We're going to surprise him. We're going to pray for the sick. We're going to cast out demons. And by the time he comes, he was going to be surprised. Right? That's the, that was their plan. But for Jesus, he knew he had to send them off. Then he went to the mountain. He prayed. After he prayed, uh, verse 47, later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake. He was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about what to pass them. We would expect that they were going to make it before Jesus. But it turns out the person who was praying ended up passing them. You know, sometimes 
one of the reasons why um, a lot of Christians don't pray is they think they don't have enough time to pray. They think if they dedicate time in the morning to pray, they're going to be late to, the, to their destination, right? Jesus was not concerned about that. He knew he was going to make it. Not just, not just making it, but also he, he knew that he was going to beat the disciples. The disciples went ahead of him hours earlier, and yet they were struggling. But Jesus, he prayed, and you know what he did? He was walking on the water. He came walking on the water. Not just on the water, he was walking on the storm. He was walking on the storm. And the only reason, um, uh, you know what? The only reason he silenced the storm was, it says, they cried out because they saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. The only reason the wind died down is because they were afraid. It was not for Jesus, because Jesus could just walk on top of it. Some troubles, some storms that you're facing, you can just walk on top of it if you have a prayer life. For Jesus, the only reason he had to cast it down was because they were terrified. It was for the sake of the disciples, not for the sake of himself. We learned three things from them. People who pray will never be late to their destination. Whatever God has promised to you, you're going to make it on time. Other people won't be to your destination. You're going to make it on time. People who pray will come to the rescue of other people. You want to rescue your land? You want to make it on time to rescue your land? Your land in, a, in the middle of the storm? Go up to the mountain. He went to the mountain. He prayed. And by the time he showed up, he rescued people that were terrified. The third thing, people who pray can walk on the water. Not just on the water. They can walk on the storm. People who pray don't, you know, he didn't have to cast down for himself. If it wasn't for the disciples, he wouldn't have to cast it down. He could just make it to the other side of the water by just walking. He was simply walking. He was not even running. He was just calm in the middle of the storm. You might be surprised that Jesus walked on the water. But the reality, not only he walked, he slept during the storm. He slept during the storm. You know why? Because he has a prayer life. He knows God. He knows his father. He knows his end. When you know, when you know your end, when you know your final destination, you're not going to be worried. You're not going to be stressed. Because you're going to make it. Either by sleeping or by walking. You're still going to make it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let, let's actually look at uh, uh, the day that Jesus slept on the boat. Uh, Mark 4, uh, 35. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly, what? Swamped. Verse 38 says, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. There was not only a storm, but the storm, the water started getting on the boat. Basically, Jesus was being waterboarded. And yet, he was sleeping because he knows he was going to make it to the destination. He, he was basically getting waterboarded because it says the water started coming into the boat. 
and the, the boat start um, drowning, right? And I always wonder, because I personally, unless I, have a, uh, I find a comfortable environment, I find it very hard to sleep at night. And when I read this, this, um, um, this passage, it always amazes me, how could Jesus sleep? Like, if, it, if the water was calm, it can make sense because, you know, there's cruise ship, people sleep on cruise ship, so you can explain it that way. But in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the storm, he was sleeping. Right? And it always amazes me. And I found an answer for them when I, when I read Luke 6.12. It says, one of those days, Jesus went out to mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. He spent what? The whole night doing what? Praying. So by the time morning comes and he has to be on the boat, all he has to do is sleep on the boat. And all he has to do is that. You know one thing you learn from here? People who pray when others sleep can sleep when others worry. Do you? He didn't even have to get up and uh, pray for God uh, to stop the wind. The only reason he got up uh, in, in Mark 4, it says because um, they say, teacher, don't you care if we drown? They had to wake him up. The only reason he cast down the, the, the storm was for the sake of the disciples. Both when he was walking, both when, uh, and, uh, when he was sleeping. At both times, he had to cast the storm for them, not for himself, because he could just sleep and make it to the destination. Do you really want to sleep when others worry? When others are stressed? When others are sleeping, go to your, bed, go to your mountain and start praying. Go to your room and close the door and seek the face of the Lord. Jesus usually spends the whole night praying, the whole night engaging with, the, with his father. Whereas his disciples, even, even when, they're, when they were at uh, Mount Olives, they were sleeping while Jesus was praying. He kept coming and again and again. Keep, he kept telling them, pray that so that you won't fall into temptation. And when he comes back, they're sleeping. And when trouble comes, they deserted them all. And yet, Jesus conquered this. Do you want to conquer your troubles? Do you want to be effective in your ministry? Engage in prayer. Engage in prayer. Just by, by doing the same thing and again and again, nothing will change. Do you want to sleep during the storm? Do you want to walk on top of the storm? You can only do that if you have the right relationship with your father. They were so worried about the storm. They thought they were going to uh, die because of the storm. But to the contrary, Jesus was just sleeping. He was so comfortable. It, it really amazes me. The rain was just pouring on him. The water was, was pouring on him. And yet he was sleeping. That's what prayer does to you. When church prays continuously, when church engages in prayer, when you have the right prayer life, I promise you, you get to sleep on the middle of the storm. You get to walk on the middle of the storm. You get to become successful in your ministry. Nothing will be hard for you. 
But for his disciples, that was not their priority. Their priority was making it to the other side of the, the lake. Their priority was casting out demons. Prayer was never their priority. So when I say this, you might feel like, then what hope do I have? If Jesus is close people, his disciples didn't have a strong prayer life, then what hope do I have? But they were never like that because things changed when we look at Acts 1. In Acts 1, um, starting from verse 12, it says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they, uh, where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bart Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Verse 14 is what I want. It says, they all joined together constantly in what? Prayer. Things change. After Jesus ascended to heaven, things change. When Jesus was around them, they survived through the prayer of Jesus. They didn't have a personal prayer life. Now that Jesus is gone, they start having a prayer life. Hallelujah. And it says, they all joined together in prayer, along with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The Holy Spirit was not given at this time. The Holy Spirit did not come. And yet, they obeyed what Jesus said to them. Pray, wait in Jerusalem until the, uh, until the promise has come. And you know what happened? When you look at Acts 2, starting from verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Doing what? Prayer. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tanks of fire that separated it and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak other language as the Spirit enabled them. You know, the Holy Spirit showed up after they made their prayer life right. The Holy Spirit did not come before they prayed. Prayer preceded what? The Holy Spirit. We, we want the Holy Spirit to show up in the church. We want the Holy Spirit to show up in our personal life. But by wishing, it won't come unless we start praying. When they change their course and when they start engaging in prayer in one heart, in one house, when they start praying, the Holy Spirit showed up. Do you want the Holy Spirit to show up? Do you want the Holy Spirit to change your life? to change your country, your land. Go back to your prayer life. When you're joined in prayer, that's when the Holy Spirit comes. To, to your surprise, just a chapter later, Peter and John were uh, by the temple courts, uh, the, the gate called Beautiful. There was a crippled man. He was paralyzed since he was born. He never walked in his life. You, we all know in Mark that they, they struggled uh, to heal people, right? They struggle. They, they would spend the whole day praying, and yet nothing will happen. But when you, comes to, uh, when, when you come to Act 3, you know what you see? John and Peter. Peter just say, I don't have gold. I don't have silver. But get up in the name of Jesus. He got up. And their ministry became effective. Things changed. When they, when they didn't have a prayer life in the Gospels, 
they would, they would cast out demons. They would, cast, they would try to uh, pray over demon-processed people, but nothing will happen. But now that the Holy Spirit came, now that they made their prayer life um, according to God's plan, you know what started to happen? People start getting healed. Even Peter, Herod uh, killed uh, James, the, the brother of John. And when, when he saw that happening, the next thing he did was arrest Peter. And he says, Peter was in prison, and in, in, in prison cell, what he was doing was, he was sleeping between two soldiers. Now in the middle of trouble, they start sleeping. While Jesus was around, Jesus was, Jesus was the only one sleeping. But now, even Peter, in the prison, Peter was not the one praying. At that time it says, the church was earnestly what? Doing what? Praying for him. Peter was not the one praying. The one praying was the church. But Peter, now he knew. He saw that Jesus sleeping in the middle of the storm. So he was replicating the same thing. He was in the middle between two soldiers. And he starts sleeping. This is what happens when you start praying. When you make your prayer life right, this is what starts to happen. You can sleep in the middle of trouble. You, you don't have to wait until the storm comes to pray. Even when there's the storm. You can just sleep or walk on top of it. Hallelujah. 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 Don't you want to have that kind of prayer life? Don't you want to be effective in your ministry? Do you always want to worry about the storm that you're facing in your life? It's a choice. Get your prayer right. Prayer made the Holy Spirit come. It was not the Holy Spirit that made them that brought prayer life to them. You know, some people would say, you know what, unless the Holy Spirit steers my heart, it's hard for me to pray. No, unless you start praying, the Holy Spirit won't show up. Because you need the Holy Spirit to serve, to minister, to cast out demons. Because Jesus was a spirit filled. His prayer, he would invite the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit will serve him. The Holy Spirit will enable him to do miraculous things. You want to perform the same miracle that Jesus did, the same miracle that the disciples did in act? Then start seeking your Father's face. Start praying. Hallelujah. That's the only way. That's the only way. That's the only way. Hallelujah. We can overcome our challenges. We know here in Ethiopia, we're seeing many, many, we're, we're watching and we're listening to many bad news. We're, we, we hear about days, destruction, war. A storm is all over this country. A storm is all over Africa. But you can change that. The church can change that. When the church was praying, Peter was released. The angel showed up and uh, set him free from his bond. God will show up when you start praying. The Holy Spirit will, will start uh, praying uh, when you start praying. Unless the Holy Spirit shows up in this place, unless the Holy Spirit shows up in our land, believe me, the war will continue. The days and the sickness, all the troubles, the hunger will continue. But when the Holy Spirit comes, things will change. The Holy Spirit will heal this land. And to invite the Holy Spirit, let's go back to our prayer life. If you never had a prayer life, start one now. Then God will change things. Hallelujah.